to NJSBA Sidebar. We are the podcast of the New Jersey State Bar Association. I'm your host, Kate Coscarelli, and we have a really special episode for you today. Um, Today we're sitting down with Denise Galanka. She is the clinical manager for the New Jersey Lawyers Assistance Program. Uh, That is an amazing program. They offer free, confidential resources to all attorneys, judges, law school students, law school graduates, um, anyone who needs help uh, for handling mental health, substance abuse, anxiety, stress, any of those kinds of issues that are affecting your life, that are affecting your professional um, ventures, NJLAP is here to provide that assistance. Again, it's free confidential. So we're going to talk with Denise about it. I've got a couple of uh, notes to share. One one thing that we talk about is the upcoming Challenges for Women Attorney Seminar. It's scheduled for January 27th and it's going to be great. It's going to feature uh, former Supreme Court Justice Helen Hones, NJSBA President Evelyn Padin, and attorney Nadine Maleski. They're going to be talking about their paths to the profession and the challenges that they face. This is a chance to to find your community. It's free to attend, uh, and if you want to, you can shoot a quick email to w-w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s, that's wellness at njlap.org. Now, I also hope you'll stick around for the whole thing. Denise talks about um, some really important uh, signs that maybe you'll see um, or you've seen in yourself or in a colleague about um, that when people need to get help, changes in personality, loss of enjoyment and things that used to be meaningful. Um, she helps you sort of, she helps us all sort of stop and think about those sorts of things. She also has some really great tips on how you can incorporate um, some self-care into your daily routines. That's everything from setting healthy boundaries to taking a stretching break to making sure you can find your people, healthy, like-minded people, um, you know, by volunteering or all sorts of other things. So please stick around. And we have a special guest, a visitor, um, is with us today, Haley Slusser. She is a journalism major at Rutgers University, and she spent part of her winter break here at the New Jersey Law Center learning about the NJSBA and what we do and how we do it. And uh, so she sat in on the interview, and she has some great questions for Denise as well. So you'll hear, uh, let's uh, get started. You'll hear me and Haley talking with Denise. Hi, Kate. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much for um, joining us today. Yeah, I really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for so, having me. first and foremost, um, why don't you tell me or explain to our audience what is New Jersey Lawyers Assistance Program? So, New Jersey Lawyers Assistance Program is a free, confidential, and independent program that is a resource for all New Jersey attorneys, law school students, law school graduates, judges, um, and it's for really any mental health, substance abuse, anything that affects an attorney's personal or professional well-being, we are here for them to try to identify what's going on and help them find the right resource for whatever their concerns might be. And so how does NJALAP um, do that? How How do you provide services to people? So we pride ourselves on personally talking with every person that reaches out to us. Um, we're not just a call center where someone gets a referral. 
Um, so they can call us, they can email us, they can be anonymous, they can, you know, come in and visit us. A lot of times we will, you know, meet them off-site if that's preferable to them. Um, we do that a lot for the law schools because we know a lot of the students can't get off campus as easily. Um, we meet with them and we will help really try to identify what is bothering them, what the concern is, to what degree is it affecting them, and then identify the proper resources. So it might be a referral to treatment, it might be a referral to an ongoing counselor, it might be recovery meetings, and sometimes it might just be that they need to talk and connect with someone. Um, a lot of times it's, you know, people will be like, I just didn't realize I wasn't the only person experiencing this. So we really pe meet people where they are and kind of go from there. And it's not a one-size-fits-all program by any means. And so there are a couple of things I wanted to track back on. One is you said this is free. It's absolutely free. And it's open to, like, the widest range of the legal community. Yes. Right. Yes. And so how do people get in touch with you if they, if they need to? They can um, check out our website, njlep.org. They can email us. Um, there's info at njlep.org or, you know, each of us counselors has our own. They can call us 800-246-5527. Um, they can stop in if they like. Um, we try to go out to as many events as we can get to and just, you know, be there if people want to ask a few questions. I was just curious how many counselors you guys have, like, in your, like, whole, like, branch, because it seems like it's, like, a pretty big thing. Well, in New Jersey, there are about 90,000 attorneys mm -hmm. for such a small state. We have five counselors and two support staff, um, and we all kind of have our own little specialty. Like, my, I'm a liaison to the law schools, so my focus is really on working with the law school students at the law school administration and faculty. Um, but we all deal with, you know, anybody that calls. Um, so yeah, there's five of us that are counselors. Some of us are attorneys and counselors. Some of us are just trained as, you know, um, psychological counselors. So we really have a great, um, a great pool of people to kind of talk to. Um, a lot of times if I'm dealing with someone and they're having a specific issue, I'll be like, you know what, let me pull in Paula. She's, you know, she you know, used to be a private practitioner, and now she's here. She has some great thoughts on this as well. So we work as a team a lot. Yeah, this was, it might be, I mean, because you, you help address, like, a, also a wide range yes. of challenges that people face, right? It's, it's, it goes from depression to well-being to addiction, um, right? Can you, can you sort of explain who and how, or, you know, how do you help people? So when someone comes to us and we help identify what the issue is. Someone may come and say, I'm just burnt out at work. I don't know what to do. And as we talk, we might find, well, not only are they feeling burnt out at work, but they're having difficulty concentrating and they're not sleeping as well. And they're not, you know, they're not responding to emails and kind of withdrawing from things they used to like to do. And so it might not just be burnt out at work. It might be that there's something else going on. There might be some depression, anxiety. It could be situational. It could be chemical. We don't know. But primarily we sit and we help them figure out what the concern is and then what the next step is. Is there something about the legal profession that makes asking for help an extra hurdle to overcome? Absolutely, because attorneys are seen as the advice givers. They are seen as 
the experts. So it's very hard as an expert or an advice giver to ask for help. Um, it's actually because right, if somebody is coming to them to pay them to fix a problem, sure, you have to have the answer. You can't right. say I don't know or um, you know I need to check that out or I need help. Um, and attorneys tend to be perfectionists, you know, huge attention to detail, which can be very overwhelming. And so a lot of times they'll think, look, I'm smart. I can figure this out on my own. And, um, you know, it's the same for counselors. We can't, we can't treat ourselves. It's, you need that other person to really kind of bounce things off of and, um, kind of play on a path of what the next step might be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so one of the things I think that's also you alluded to, but I think it's probably also worth mentioning is there. So like when an attorney stops answering or responding to emails, I mean, mm-hmm. there are ethical implications, absolutely. you know, that come along with that. So can you, can you sort of explain an attorney's ethical responsibilities in terms of caring for themselves? Sure. So a lot of times people will see us and say, well, that's nice, but, um, you know, taking care of my well-being is really not a priority, you know, making my billable hours is. And the ABA has recently put out um, a report from the task force, and it says a healthy lawyer is a better lawyer because it it is one of these things where lawyer well-being is an ethical duty of competence because if you're able to make healthy, balanced decisions, then you are able to do that with your clients. Um, When you're not answering questions, you risk the um, ethical. Right. I mean, there are rules of professional ethics that have direct ties to communications with clients. Right. And so that's why we try to get out there and educate as much as we can, because we will help people, you know, once things have happened, if they do get an ethical complaint, But we also like to get out there ahead of time and make them realize why it's important to take care of themselves to avoid that. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that you mentioned and and that the ABA has done, um, has has done these studies, has issued a report, it's it's been really well received. One of the words that I keep hearing is well-being. Yes. Right. And so it seems like both an important word, but one that's easy to either not understand or just sort of like chuck into the, you know, into the list of a buzzword. So tell me about that. Definitely become a buzzword. Yeah. Um, And I think widely misunderstood. So for our purposes, when we want to define lawyer well-being, it's a continuous process where a lawyer seeks to thrive. And it's not just thriving in the practice. It's thriving in basically six different areas of our lives. It's emotional, it's occupational, creative, spirituality, having a greater sense of purpose in life, physical health and social connections. So not all of those aspects of our life are always going to be equally important or equally attainable in terms of what time we can give it. But we need to acknowledge that each of those aspects of our lives are important. What gives us meaning in those different areas and how we can use that to kind of recharge ourselves in being, you know, a better, better person, a better attorney, more responsive and just happier and more fulfilled. And so what are some signs or issues that people should be thinking about and looking out for, um, that, that, 
that maybe they can do an internal check and say, okay, maybe maybe my well-being needs needs a tune-up here. Sure. Well, anytime there's a change in personality, becoming uncharacteristically, whether it's anxious, irritable, withdrawn, isolated, anytime there's a, a noted change in something that you used to enjoy doing or you used to find meaning in and you no longer do, that's usually a little idea that something is not quite right. Um, difficulty paying attention. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I just have a lot of things going on. Um, but that can really be kind of your mind letting you know that it needs a break. Um, feelings of despair and hopelessness, you know, feeling that no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. Um, feeling trapped. Those are, those are definitely times where you want to kind of step back. Um, also noting a pattern of, say, drinking more than you used to or more than you intended to. Um, you're looking for patterns. Are you, are you using any kind of substance to medicate a feeling? Um, you know, with well-being, you really want to take time and notice feelings and you can make a change. You can change the power of emotions and negative thoughts by simply acknowledging them, which is, seems like a small thing, but can really change the trajectory of your thoughts, your day. Um, so looking for patterns, um, Noticing how you're coping and you're dealing with, you know, just everyday stresses. We all have them. Um, so anything that seems to be a pattern or you might be told by someone else that they're noticing. We might not even notice it ourselves. I guess. And then in that presents an issue, you have to be willing to hear that. Yes. Right. And that's another thing. So 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 those are some signs to look out for. Do you have some practical tips in addition to reaching out to, to LAP if yes. you're experiencing um, sure. some of these things? But what are some things that um, that you can you can try to do to slow down some of that that thinking and and do an internal check? So the the first and I think probably the foremost tip would be self care, and that has become its own buzzword. Totally. Um, and it's not just you know a spa day or you know healthy smoothies on a Friday. It's it's so much more than that. It's um, it's again, it's taking stock of what you're feeling and what you're thinking and saying, okay, I get it. I'm feeling anxious. How is this serving me right now? And it might be serving you to make you really prepared for this trial, but it also might be keeping you from sleeping properly and snapping at people. And so it's just about kind of tweaking it and rebalancing it. So it might be setting healthy boundaries you know, actually saying, you know, this is as much as I'm going to do for right now. And then I need a break. Um, taking a pause just to deep breathe. That, again, it seems so simple and so small, but can make such a difference. There are apps. Um, there's an Apple Watch app that will randomly... Oh, yeah. It'll tell you to take a deep breath, it right? Will, yes. Yeah. And it's amazing how people will spend five minutes scrolling through Instagram without thinking about it. And yet you get the alert to breathe for one minute. It's like, oh, my God, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Swipe left, you know. Totally. Um, but it does. It, it really, because all it does is it just stops what's going on. It stops the, you know, the racing thoughts and everything else and gets you to recenter. And sometimes that's all you need is just to kind of give yourself a break and recharge. Um, you know, people who are introverts recharge by being alone. People who are extroverts recharge by being with other people. So also kind of figuring out what what works for you, like what gives you pleasure, what recharges you, and that's your self-care, that you can make it be whatever works for you. 
um, connectivity and belonging are huge. There's so many times that a, a client will come in and just say, I feel like I'm the only person who's ever felt this way. And we have the privilege of seeing the bigger picture and know that they're definitely not. Um, and I think one of the biggest things we can do is connect attorneys with other attorneys who have felt like that and who have, you know, gone through that, come out on the other side. Um, I think our support groups that we offer are one of our most beneficial parts of our program because it does offer that connection and belonging. Um, and, you know, in terms of self-care, practicing gratitude is another one, which Again, sometimes it becomes like a big buzzword. and For sure. You know, gratitude journals yeah. and taking time in your morning routine. I, you know, I mean, I know people, lots of people will sort of roll their eyes at it. But there's yeah. something to it. There, and it's, again, it's all about you only have control over yourself. Um, you don't have control over what else happens to you that day or what other people do, but you have control. No matter how hard you try. Yes. Yeah, right. And as attorneys, <laughs> attorneys were really good at trying to control everything. Um, but it's, again, it's a changing of perspective. So if at one point in the day you make a point to say, okay, one thing I'm grateful for. Okay, you know what? I woke up this morning. That may seem really simple, but you're already, you know, ahead of the game than some other people. For sure. You know, yeah, um, right. I'm able to drive myself to work today. I have a job to go to. And it's not diminishing any feelings you might have of, you know, being stressed or anxious, but just switching the perspective a little bit and then kind of moving from there because your thoughts will kind of dictate your feelings. If you're thinking a lot of negative thoughts, you're, that's what you're going to focus on. And if you can just change a little thing here and there and change it to identifying one thing that is positive or that you're grateful for, it can make a difference. It's cumulative. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, so that's, that's interesting. And, and I wonder if you can talk. So I heard you say people can call, they can email, they can visit. You can, you know, people on staff will meet with them. I heard you mention support groups. Now I know that LAP also has um, some other, um, you know, programs for general public. Anybody can come in and um, and be interested. And in the year ahead, you have a really interesting one that is going to be looking at women in the legal profession. Yes. So the first one, I guess, is January 27th. Um, and I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about what that is and what the year ahead will bring. Sure. So for 25 years, our program has had support groups. And one of our support groups is a women's attorney support group for mental health and recovery issues. Um, and we see more of a need and more concerns from other people as well, not just mental health and recovery issues. So one of the things that we've decided to do in 2020 is time is to expand our reach to female attorneys, focusing on these. It's perfect timing. Issues. It's the, you know, it's the 100th anniversary of the passage of the 19th amendment. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I did not realize yeah, that. Okay, some work that ends. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, and it's yeah. just, you know, we're seeing concerns. Like we, again, we get to see the bigger picture. So we're seeing these threads, you know, of people saying, you know, the things that they're concerned about and that they're struggling with. So we're looking to kind of expand our reach. So yes, so four times a year this year, we're going to be offering these seminars to any attorneys who are interested, law school students, again, our whole Women um, and non-women can attend, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so what we will do is we're going to look at, in our regular group, in our regular support group, we've always focused on 
part education and part connection. Um, and we're doing that in the bigger seminars by focusing on, you know, bigger topics. And then um, we will follow that with our regular groups. They'll be following the same topics. And our regular group is more intimate. It's smaller. It's something that, you know, if someone's interested in kind of going a little bit deeper, they can meet with us and we can kind of screen them to make sure it's an appropriate place to be, that their other resources are kind of all, you know, in the right place. And then how many, like you mentioned, like having, I know that there's individual cases, but also the support groups about how many of those, like, do you have and like how often do they like meet? That's a good question. So our women's group meets once a month. It's the second Saturday. Um, and we have a men's depression group that meets again monthly. There are 12-step um, like programs that are throughout the state. And those are um, kind of like satellite, um, more run on their own, but we help facilitate them. Uh, lawyers concerned for lawyers meetings, and those are for attorneys with addictions issues. Um, there's maybe about seven of them throughout the state right now. Um, and then we often will kind of gather together groups that kind of say to us, well, you know, we have a LGBTQ group that's interested in talking more about struggles in that area. And we will, you know, put together a meeting and host them here and kind of facilitate that as well. So, um, but these general seminars are really things that we've, we've heard from so many people within the bar, the judiciary, and the law schools. So the first one we're doing is basically challenges for women's attorneys. And, you know, being successful at life and work despite challenges. Um, and it's, you know, everybody has them. I think sometimes women have them a little bit differently. There's such a thing as mental load where women tend to carry more of the mental load both at home and at work. So we carry a little bit more. But not only that, you know, you run into just certain issues that are that are just there, whether it be um, favors, favoritism towards maybe the men in the practice mm -hmm. or the older people who seem to have more experience. So what we want to show is that um, we have Justice Hones, um, the NJA, NJSBA president, um, Evelyn Bedeen, and um, a successful family attorney, Nadine Midleski, coming and giving their stories of how they've progressed, how what their journey has been like, and how they've, quote unquote, succeeded despite and because of those challenges and roadblocks and how to address them and change them. And it's really a conversation. We really want to make it a conversation about, you know, how do we support each other? And, you know, what ways are there out there to kind of um, address these things? Maybe it might be a different idea that we haven't thought of. And at the very least, connecting with other people with, you yeah, know, seeing who else is in the room that, you know, also said, oh, I want to know more about challenges. Absolutely. Women, you know, yeah. That, again, that can create I, a, a network of support for yourself. Yes. And again, having a network, having the connections is really one of the most fundamental things. And what are some of the other topics? So that's the one for January mm -hmm. 27th. It's going to be here at the New Jersey Law Center. Yes. It's free to attend? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how do people sign up? So they can go to our website, njlap.org, and under uh, meetings, they will find the information. They can also just give us a call. Okay. Um, that's super easy, 800-246-5527. Any of us can handle the call. Um, and we just register so that we have a number. We know um, how many people to expect. And then the rest of the year, so the topics that we're looking at are 
secondary trauma in the practice of law. So taking work home with you, taking the issues that you're dealing with and really kind of internalizing them. Um, the sandwich generation, mm. you know, caring for older parents and caring for children at the same time. Yeah. Uh, also might be caring for disabled adults, loved ones. Um, and again, that multiple, that load, that mental load of yeah. having multiple roles. Right. Um, and weathering the unexpected and kind of building resilience. Resilience is a characteristic that can actually be built. It's sometimes think, people think, well, you either people, have it or you don't. Right. And yeah. it's not. It's that's absolutely a muscle that you can that you can Twice. work on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing that we really want to look at is, you know, with these seminars and the group is not only kind of just discussing and saying, yeah, these are the issues that are out there, but how do we handle them? And building, building resilience is, is a really great way to do it, and everybody can do it. That's awesome. I mean, these are um, such fantastic resources for everybody in the legal community. It's, it's a real treasure to have as a part of New Jersey's legal world. Thank you. I, we love helping our attorneys, and it's, um, it's definitely a labor of love. I almost never think about lawyers being like the ones who need the help, you know, that's what I was saying before. Yeah. It's like, it seems like they all have it all together. Yes. So like for somebody who definitely doesn't have it together, it's refreshing to know that like, it's not just me, like even <laughs> adults like who have great careers also need help sometimes. So. Yeah. They have all these certificates on the wall and you look at them and you go, well, you just must be great. Yes. Like life just must be good for you. And sure. like, you know, and that's not always it's the case. It's not the case. There's yeah. nobody that's got it all figured out. I can tell you that a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, someone will say like, well, why, why should I have to worry about working on myself? Like how long am I going to have to do this for? Right. Well, forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. because it's, we're always getting different challenges. And I think that, you know, that, that perspective of that attorneys have it all together is again, we go back to that stumbling block of why it's so hard to ask for help. Right. You know, so many times when I tell people what I do, they're like, oh, lawyers have problems. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. And, and yeah. a lot of times we talk to our clients and we say, you know, before you were an attorney, you were a human being, you know. You still it's, are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's our show for today. I really appreciate you sticking around and listening in. Um, if you or anyone you know needs the assistance of LAP, please visit njlap.org or call 800-246-5527. Again, this has been um, a meaningful conversation for me, and if you have any ideas about what else we can tackle, please shoot me a line. You can send me ideas and suggestions at askthenjsba at njsba.com. And you can follow us or shoot us a note on any of our social media channels. Thanks again. Bye.